Memories of Tillabract, recorded by the distractible Sepult Karras. I remember thinking, this place seems alright. In my head, eulogy was all kinds of grim and bleak, and I couldn't have imagined a worse place to wait this out. But then we got here, and everything was more pleasant than I dreamed. We spent time... Going on walks, Alison and I, looking out for the critters that had hid in the vines. Sometimes we'd spot them gathering food on the paths. We'd saw a shucker or a dust rat gnawing on an acorn or a seed, and we spent time getting to know these neighbours. Learned the right names to call them by. Back in Atropa, I'd, I'd raised horses, mainly for the nobles wishing to race them, and I took up the same here, only with the Ockent. I reckoned it'd go alright to train them the same way that I did stallions and mares, but they have a whole different nature of their own. I had to learn some new tricks. And Alison, well, they kept up their art for as long as they could. Built them a space out back where they could spend the day working on their sculptures. I remember we put in a window facing the sun, and they loved to feel its warmth on them while they worked. I never thought that I'd be able to think of this place as a home, and it wasn't half bad for a while. But life being the way it is, it, the things we were running from caught up with us. Now, as I find myself wanting desperately to forget and to leave this place behind, I find myself weighed down, as if by stone. Hi, Adam here. I just wanted to pop in before the start of the episode to say a few quick words. First of all, I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone that has been listening so far. I think the last episode we released was our 20th, and we wouldn't be doing what we were doing without you, our fans. We're still an absolutely tiny podcast, so every time someone recommends us to a friend or gives us a shout-out, and we get a new fan, it, it feels great. On that note, we have a little giveaway. We have some postcards featuring Alyssa Chan's amazing art she did for the show to post out. So basically, if you share our show anywhere, whether on Twitter or just with one of your friends, and you send us some proof, we'll post you one out. And we'll write a little message on the back of them um, from a character of your choice. Belka and Charla have proven very popular so far, but I'm hoping we get to send some more from Vens, Briss, and maybe a few of the NPCs. So yeah, help us to share the show, and let us know, and we'll send you something through the post. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. Hello and welcome to These Flimsy Rituals, a role-playing podcast telling small stories in big worlds. I'm Adam Dixon, you can follow me on Twitter at AdTDixon, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals. Joining me today is Thryn Henderson. Hi, I'm Thryn, and you can follow me at Thryn. Elizabeth Simones. Hi, I'm Elizabeth, you can follow me on Twitter at Games. Steve Martin. Hey, I'm Steve, at purple underscore Steve. And Ryan Evans. Hello, I'm Ryan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. Great. So I guess today we're going to pick up from where we left off last time, which was you'd all gone on your camping trip. And over the course of that, you'd, you'd met a person called Tiller Brecht. They had offered to lead you back to their place uh, where you could spend the night, have some food, shelter. So I thought we'd start today by jumping ahead from that moment, to when you arrive at Tillabrecht's farm. I think the main building looks like a farmhouse, and I think it looks somewhere between, like, an American ranch house and, and like, a traditional, like, English farmhouse. 
I think it's mainly made of wood. Um, it's got a porch in the front, but I think like as you look at it, you can see some parts of it towards the bottom are are also made of stone in kind of like an ad hoc fashion, as if someone has been adding to it randomly, or as if it's been built on a stone structure. And as you look over like the rest of the area, the, the, there's like a barn, there's an overgrown building behind the main house, and there's also a few fields uh, which Tiller first goes to, uh, where the Ockhams are kept. And I think there's like a second kind of animal here, just one of them, which I think looks almost like a giant woodlouse that seems like very docile. It doesn't seem to be kept for like riding on. Like it's almost like somewhere between like a woodlouse and a cow. So yeah, uh, Tiller, with your help, leads the Ockant into the field and and starts lifting the like the children down from their backs and says, "You must all be hungry. Should we go inside? I, I can cook you something." That would be very gracious of you. We, it's been a long while since we've had hospitality like this. You all go ahead. I'm going to just quickly uh, check the area out. I, I won't be long. Tiller, what's, what's, what's that animal? <laughs> Tiller, just to remind you, like Tiller is like a broad-shouldered person, and they've kind of got like skin that shows a lifetime of working under the sun. As you ask your question, like their warm smile appears on the face and their hair, which is a little bit like oxalis leaves, just kind of like opens up a little bit. And they go, that's a Myril. She She's a gentle beast. You, you can go say hello if you want. And kind of like walks you towards uh, the other animal. Excellent. Do you pet it? Um, can I just give it a hug? That's like a step up from petting, I think. Yeah, but I mean, have you never seen a tiny child meet, say, a large German shepherd or something like that and just immediately give it a hug? I mean, this is like cow-sized, so even bigger, but, but yeah, I can picture so it. they're so cute! Does it have a huge tongue? Um, How does it eat? I think, how do woodlice eat? Does anyone have any woodlice facts? <laughs> I don't have woodlice facts. That's why I... <laughs> this is partially Chala asking and very much me asking. I'm sure they have a mouth, right? I mean, they must have a mouth. Is it like kind of like a mandible sure. kind of thing? Like 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 little. Oh, they've got little mandibles. Yeah, they got little mandibles. Oh, they they're pretty cute. Yeah, until they're cow size. Actually, yeah, cow size. This but- would be horrendous. <laughs> like- oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think he's got like a little, little mandibles, and uh, like as you approach, it just kind of like chitters them in excitement. Oh, yay! And I think it sort of makes like. Like some shrill noises as you hug it. Good shrill or bad shrill? Good shrill. Oh, good. Uh, Tilla says, uh, looks like she likes you. T- can I help, Tilla, can I help feed the animals later? Yeah, of course, of course. As, as she's walking away to do a quick lap of the area, um, Briss just turns around and yells back, Corin, be careful with the animals. Don't get too close. Corin, who was like halfway to like approaching... Charla like stops and and like looks down and 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 looks a bit like regretful about it. <laughs> Should I do my um guardian move? It seems yeah, like it'd be a good, a good time. time I think. That, yeah. yeah, I want to warn you that I'm very tempted to roll against you to pick him up and just carry him over on my way over there. <laughs> <laughs> do it. You should do it. Are you going to see them too? Yeah. So, oh, excellent. Um, I rolled peaceful uh, and got a six. So I get no influence over Corin whatsoever for the rest of the day. 
I don't know, pick him up. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Like, I, I think, like, Corin, like, half stops and then Belka picks Corin up and, and leads him over. If Corin was to look back at Briss, she's not even paying any attention to him whatsoever. So, he, like, she's yelled something at him and then has absolutely no sort of follow-up to that, basically. Okay, and Vens, what are you doing while all of this is happening? I think Vens is just happy to be somewhere with a bit of civilization again. As much as he didn't like going to towns and villages, it's nice to go and see, you know, some animals that are docile for a change or see a nice farmstead, so to speak. Uh, are you watching the animals or are you heading inside? I think watching the animals and staying with everyone. Obviously, you want to keep an eye on Charla at the same time, but it's nice to be here, just taking it all in. And how are you feeling about Charla right now? Are you being watchful? Yeah, I think watchful is the right word. Not like protective or anything, but just keeping an eye on what's happening and seeing if it's affecting Charla in any way, I guess. Okay. Um, I think you spend a little bit of time outside, like, meeting the different animals before Tilla leads you inside the house. The main space is like one big open plan space. There is a kitchen uh, to your right as you walk in, which is, is fairly large, I think, and has wooden workbenches and like an old style stove and a fireplace. And I think it's there that Tilla goes first to like start a fire going. To the left is like a large living space, which has a large table at one end and a semicircle of like seating and long benches at the other. I think on some of these benches seems to be like some folded up bedrolls and stuff. I think it's quite modestly decorated and it looks like it's been not tended to as well as it could have been maybe. I think there's like dust on on, like a few of the surfaces and I think like strangely there are like rectangle shapes where there's like less dust as well. And then the other thing you notice is that there's like a space at the back where, where there's like a door and that looks like it hasn't been opened in a long time. Uh, what do you do as you go in? Do you, do you make yourself at home? Yes. I think Chala would like to help with chores and stuff and asking lots of questions about any plants or ingredients that she doesn't know to write them into the cookbook. I think Vens is curious as to whether it's just them living there. It's such a big space just for one person. Sure. Well, let's get to that in a second. So I think like Tilla, as as they walk into the kitchen, um, just just says, "Who would like a drink?" I think I could definitely use something like that after such a long walk, Tilla. Thank you. Yes, please. I think like Corin says yes as well, and then I think Tilla like turns to to Corin and is like, "Is, is it Corin? Could you go see if Briss wants one too?" And then like looks at Charla and says, D- "Did you want to help?" Yes. What can I do? I like I like Tilla reaches down to start like pulling a sack from beneath like one of the workbenches, uh, and says, "Could could you fill the kettle? There's uh, a tap out back." Okay. And like hands you like a large pot, and then like Tilla pulls out this sack, and like from it pulls out like a couple of like dried plants. They look like um, the seeds that are hanging from the bisha trees that you've like encountered during your journey. Uh, just as a reminder, they're kind of kind of like willows, but with like these great pod-like leaves that are a little bit like seaweed or like bean pods and they, they look to have been dried and starts like chopping them up and I think like once you return with the water starts like boiling them in the pan so yeah Vens did you want to ask straight up about whether anyone else lives here? I think Vens like obviously takes a seat first and 
not in like an accusatory tone or anything, but just brings it up. Like, this is such a big space for one person. Do you live here alone? They don't even like look at you. They're like they're still preparing the drinks and just say yes. Just it's just me here. I think Fens just nods and kind of gets back to looking around. Maybe push the point a bit more later, but see what happens first. You're not like paying attention to them or anything. I think I'm mainly more looking around at the space at the moment, seeing what's going on around me and what the living area is like. Is Tilla's, like, Oxalis stuff (laughs) changing? Maybe. Do you have read a person? Let me check. I don't... uh, Let's see. I was going to say, if not, maybe I could do it since I asked the question. Yeah, maybe. I do have read a person, but um, I'm more than happy to have Fens do the thing. But I think Chala would pay attention to when adults ask questions but don't follow up on it. Or like when adults ask questions, like not like how kids would. So Maybe it's, you've got a bond on Fens, right? You could spend that to help Fens. I kind of want to keep that bond because I think I may need to use that against fence at some point oh no whoa <laughs> i mean you can, you can gain more bonds right like but yeah that's true yeah, i get that it's okay fine i'll i'm i'm gonna roll uh peaceful yeah. i think this is quite a relaxed situation I, I guess the question here is are you spending more time studying tiller or like the environment i think in relation to asking the question probably going to be studying tiller and maybe a part of this is like reading them as they turn back around and, like, hand you the cup of tea. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So I rolled a seven. Cool. So so you hold one. And the questions are, are they telling the truth? What are they feeling right now? What are their intentions? What do they want from me? What tribute could I offer them to get them to blank? I think I'd like to know what are they feeling right now. Hmm. I think they're probably feeling quite peaceful too. I, I think there's like a mix of like peaceful and excited. They definitely seem to have a pride in hosting people. Uh, I think that's kind of like shown through in their actions. I, I, and I think they're enjoying that role. I think also like there's just something slightly off here. And maybe you've seen this with people who are who have unraveled, like people you've known who have unraveled before. And it's not exactly that, but like it, it, they almost seem like a little bit confused. Like, some of their reactions are a bit slowed, and they, they say a lot of, like, half-formed sentences, or they, like, seem to change topic quite a lot. I think Vens reaches out and takes the tea and thanks Tiller and just says, uh, it's such a big space, perhaps maybe you'll get more visitors soon. Hopefully. And they hand out tea to everyone who wants it, and then, like, Lacran says, you, you all wanted food, right? That would be fantastic, Tiller, thank you. Yes. Chala just nods very happily. Um, like, looks around and, and like, thinks for a moment and says, Is an omelette okay? I love eggs. Please. <laughs> What's an <laughs> omelette? <laughs> Chala gets very excited by Belka's questions and brings over the cookbook to show <laughs> endless pages of omelettes. Are you explaining omelettes to Belka? Do I actually have to personally explain omelets? <laughs> no, maybe okay, not. Okay, because <laughs> hot but egg, yes. <laughs> hot egg with stuff Beautiful. in it. Beautiful. It's like an egg Beautiful. but flat. I would love the hot flat egg. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yes, Chala is explaining, as is one of her favorite things to do, explaining different foodstuffs to Belka. I think uh, Belka's going to listen politely for about 30 to 40 seconds and then go, oh, so knowledgeable about the flat egg. Perhaps, perhaps you can go help Tilla cook them. They might need your help. Wait, is Belka getting sick of, of Chala? No, I'm going to kind of usher Chala into the kitchen where I can only imagine she will be an unstoppable force of Tiller distraction, so I can go nosy around this mysterious room. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are you using the distraction to... Yeah, yes. And, and what are you nosing for? I don't know, a mystery, I suppose. To work out what's going on with Tiller? Yeah. So it's probably a pay attention to the world around you role. And how are you feeling right now? Um, I think probably joyful. Excited about having some tea and some food and being inside an actual building and making new friends and also a mystery. Ooh. Oh dear. That's a four. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I can't even find the door. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, you're Shachala into a kitchen to, to help Tilla make the omelettes. And like, as you do, like Tilla turns around to you and like fixes you like with a big smile. It's like, so you don't know what an omelette is? Like, do you want to help make one? Oh, yes. I'd love to. <laughs> okay. And and kind of like sets you to work. I think they get you doing different tasks. With Charla, they, they send them outside to pick some of the stored veg and herbs, both like freshly picked from the garden, from the stores. Um, whereas with Belka, they, they show them how to like break apart the eggs and like make the omelets themselves and like do the cooking parts of it. And I think they like pull out like a box that's full of um like eggs, uh like from the woodlouse outside and like start to make the omelet with that. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, oh woodlouse eggs. <laughs> woodlouse eggs? It lays eggs. Woodlouse lay eggs, right? I guess they do. Something but... cow sized laying an egg is an incredible thought though. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm like very ready egg. for these ostrich egg. Omelets, yes. Oh One egg is a full omelette for would, like. Would they the be like lots of small ones, or would they be like? I mean, I guess with like insects and arthropods, like those, they have like lots of tiny, tiny eggs. Yeah. But yeah. I also like the ididea of Chala going back and having to like one at a time carry an egg. <laughs> I, I think it's probably like loads of like small eggs, like lots okay. of little like. Also, how do you break an insect egg? You just mash them with a hammer in a big bowl. Oh god. And then have to have to like dig them out. Or you end up with like a bubble tea situation. Oh. Do we need to put a content warning before this? I think we might, yeah. <laughs> Insect eggs discussion. I'm sorry, friends. But yeah, um I, I think you spend like a bit of time like cooking like food for everyone. And then like serve it all together on like the table in the living space. I think Briss is back by the stage, unless there's something in particular you wanted to be doing outside. Yeah, there was. So when, as soon as she's sure everyone else is inside, um, she's going to basically do do the lap of the place, like she said, um, looking for because uh, you said it was a clearing, right? It'd been sort of cleared out by the people who built the place, probably. Yeah. Um, and there's like a a path running through. Is that like quite heavily worn? Um. Yeah, I think so. I like around the farmstead itself. It's definitely quite well worn. It's definitely both been like moved on a lot, but also it's been like reinforced with like rocks and pebbles. And then I think in like certain directions, it's definitely like heavier worn. Like uh, the 
there's one direction which you think leads towards eulogy, and that seems to be like a well-trod path all the way. Um, and maybe the direction you came from, while not as like well-maintained, was definitely a path all the way to like the watering spot. Okay. Um, so you, you said that there was a barn opposite the fields. Yes. Um, I'd quite like to go and have a peek in there if, if it's possible. Just have a look, see what's in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are a couple of buildings here other than the farmhouse. There's there's the barn and then there's like an overgrown building in the back. Um, yeah, I'd like to basically have a, have a bit of a poke around in both of those if possible. Okay. Um, so the barn itself, I think, I think it's like fairly standard. It, it, you look around there and it seems to be where they put the animals in the evening. Um, I think there are like feeding stations and like space for the animals to go. Um, and the doors are designed to be shut, um, overnight. Um, but I I don't think there's anything out of place there. Okay. Um, and what about the overgrown building? Yeah. So, um, might have lied about the barn. I didn't lie. <laughs> um, no, not no. Um, maybe maybe this is a good time to make the pay attention to the world around you roll. Sounds about right. Um, Briss is still very much in peaceful mode, scouting around, exploring stuff. That's her. That's her happy place. So okay, yeah, definitely pe- peaceful. Nice. That's a ten. And that's a ten. So when you pay attention to the world around you roll, and on a ten plus. Ask three, and when you act on an answer, take plus one forward. So the questions are, what's my best way in, out, or past? What here is useful to me? What's the most dangerous thing here? What is being overlooked? What, if anything, doesn't belong here? And what beliefs and superstitions exist about blank? So did you want me to give a description of the overgrown building before we start? Uh, yeah, a, a, a brief description while I think about what I'm what I'm asking here. I think maybe. Yeah. So the building at the back is much like the barn and the farmhouse. It it's definitely been built in the same style and probably like around the same age. Like lots of like planks of wood supporting it. And at the bottom, I think, like the farmhouse and the barn, uh, there there seems to be like bits of stonework, like almost like ad hoc around the base of the building. Um, it is heavily overgrown with creeping plants. Uh, like I think creeping plants are quite heavy in the area generally, and it's almost as if those are slowly reclaiming this building. Uh, the, the the door is sort of facing the back of the farmhouse, and they're quite tall, as if like barn doors, but they're they've been chained shut. Okay. Um... I think there's also a window around the back, but that's also been shuttered. Okay, so. Bruce's first priority and instinct is to look for danger, so I think what is the most dangerous thing here is definitely the first question. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think, honestly, it, it's nothing on the farm itself. I think for the last few days you've had... Like, you've not really noticed it until you started paying attention to things now, but, like, you just get a sense, like, the, the slightest sense that you're being followed... And and that is the most dangerous thing. Whatever is following you um, is potentially a threat to you all. Okay. Um, I, I think I'm gonna gonna go have a look around the the barn itself. See if I can actually look through the door where it's been chained. See if there's any gaps in the edges or through the shutters, perhaps. Um, 
and I'm looking for what, if anything, doesn't belong here. Okay. Um, is this the overgrown building? Yes, sorry, yeah. Okay, uh, let's say there are two things you notice here. Uh, like, before you start looking around, one, one of the things that is has, like, drawn your attention is the brickwork at the bottom of these buildings. Like, the more you pay attention to it, the less it seems like either of the explanations I gave uh, for, like, the farmhouse, like, either that someone's been replacing bits or that they were built on foundations doesn't really tie together. It's almost as if the buildings themselves are slowly turning into stone. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. So it's sort of, it looks like wooden planks, but actually made of stone kind of thing. I think it looks like bricks, but it's like 80-90% of the building are like wooden planks, but like around the base, some of it is now brick, as if like some of the planks have been removed and brick has replaced them. But it's like no sense of like deliberateness to that. It's almost as if it's like grown up from the ground. That's very interesting. And then, yeah, the second part of it, I think you managed to sneak around the back and look inside the building. And I think it's sort of dusk time, maybe. Um, so I think there's still some light inside and, and you managed to find like a gap in the windows. And the building seems to be used for storage, maybe. Uh, like inside, there seems to be like a lot of Pictures covered in, like, cloth, just kind of propped up against the walls. And and the same with, like, sculptures and stone statues. There's maybe, like, a bench with some, like, artist supplies and, like, easels with, like, canvases on that have been left, like, half-drawn and half-painted. Okay. But it doesn't look like anyone's been in, in here for, like, years. It's, it's, like, heavily coated in dust. And, like, the chains on the doors seem to have, like, rusted together a bit. Um, so... Briss, Briss does quite a lot of sort of tracking and stuff, so I think she's probably been paying attention to uh, Tilla's tracks as they've been walking along, just as a as a point of interest. And as she's doing like searching the whole area, she's looking around and seeing if there's any other size, any other sort of shaped tracks, as as well as as well as just Tilla. If there's if there's anybody else living here, is this the same question? Uh, yeah, yeah, just sort of uh, partly, yeah. No, it largely seems like Tilla lives here on their own. Like, at least in the sense of, like, the tracks and things like that. Okay. Hmm. Briss isn't really into the whole weird side of the world. Um, she prefers things that are practical and easy, but the the sort of brick growing, almost, as you described it, is sort of setting off her heebie-jeebies, I guess, so... Um, I guess I'd like to know what beliefs and superstitions exist about this sort of thing, if this is anything she's heard of before. Yeah, um, yeah. I imagine like you've you've lived close enough to this territory to hear some of the stories for like some of those to be passed along for like traders and things like that. And I think you've heard like like a folk tale from this place about someone trying to climb um, the mountain that exists on like the western edge of this territory and is kind of half in this territory and half in the shadow and is kind of like being split in two by the shadow's canyon. And the story you heard is about someone trying to visit Doya, who is the remnant of this territory and who lives at the top of the mountain. And as they travel up the mountain, their grief gets heavier and heavier and weighs them down. And I think eventually, overcome by their, their sadness and the weight of it, they, they lie down on the earth, and the earth kind of takes them. The stone rises up from the ground, and they sink into it, like, halfway, but the rest of them is turned uh, into rock. And this just 
has a similar feel to that. And you said it was just this building that's like that, not the uh, not the others. All of the buildings. Or, all of all of them. Okay. Yeah. That's super interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, Briss is going to head inside and okay. see what everyone else is doing. So back inside the house, I think everyone other than Briss is sat around the table, uh, probably eating this dinner. It's actually pretty good, I imagine. Until a, like, puts down their knives and fork. I guess glances between Vens and Belka and says, So tell me, why, why are you heading to eulogy again? Belka's just going to stuff more omelette in their mouth and let Vens talk. We're, um, we're looking for answers. To what question? Well, we've been escorting our people away from the Sharrow. A new remnant has moved into that territory and made it an incredibly difficult place to live. So we're trying to head to Eulogy to maybe consult the libraries just to see if there's anything that's happened like this before. Tiller, like, looks at the the libraries? What do you want there? Well, perhaps the monks, they can guide us to some information. Something that can help us. (laughs) Ha! I wouldn't hold up much hope for that. How do you mean? Well, they're not really ones for sharing knowledge. How about trading knowledge? I wish you the best of luck, my friends, but as far as I know, like the monks are really only interested in taking. Can Chala do a, a, a read or a read person role during this? Yeah, what are you trying to... What, what are you doing? Basically, trying to see if there is more here than Tilla's saying. Meets the eye. Okay, yeah. So how are you doing this? Are you asking questions yourself? Just listening in and watching the Oxalis, because it's really interesting. Sure. Oh, wait. I forgot that I was spiked. You are spiked. Um, what are you spiked in? Scared. Okay. Um, so when you're spiked, you've got a couple of options when you roll. You can either uh, remove a point from the state that you're spiked in and roll a plus one. If you still feel like you're scared, which might might fit because you've been quite quiet, maybe. Um, or you can roll in a different state at minus two and clear all of the spikes. Mm. So I guess the question is, how are you feeling? I know, but honestly, I really think she's feeling somewhere around contented, which is peaceful, which is the other thing I will spike in as soon as I roll that. <laughs> Um, yeah, you will clear out all spikes in that one and then spike in the other one. Well, I think that is where she's at, so I think that's where we're going to be. Okay, um, is anyone helping in any way? I don't think I can. I don't have any bonds with Chala. Oh no. Do you not? Don't think so. Oh, no, I think that's one you have on me. No, I have one that you have on me. Oh, okay. Well, then I do have one on Chala, so I guess I will help. Do, 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 do. I'm going to need lots of help because this is minus two. <laughs> that didn't go super well. That's a four. Oh, my help is not going to be of any use to you then. Nope. Sorry, Chala. Chala's too peaceful. So yeah, you clear all spikes in 
scared, and then you spike out in peaceful, which also marks your XP, so you gain 2 XP for this roll. Oh, well, okay, that's not as bad then. I'm trying to, like, think of what happens here, and maybe, like, the simplest answer is just that Briss walks in. <laughs> Ruins the moment. <laughs> Sounds about right. Stomping in through the door, throwing his sword on the floor. <laughs> yeah, you said in our break that you were you wanted to be blunt, right? Yeah, um, I think Briss stomps in, like stomps a boot, boots a couple of times to clear the clear the dust off at the at the door. Doesn't really notice that everyone isn't saying very much. Looks around, scans the walls, notices people have got tea and there's food. Grabs one of the chairs. Yeah, Tiller like looks up and says, "Oh, we made you a plate." Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think I think Briss uh, grabs the plate and just looks around at the walls and sees the the bare patches and says, uh, "So you're you're not a fan of art, then?" Tiller looks like incredibly confused. What do you mean? Well, I mean the walls. You've taken taken some things down recently. I I assume. I think Tiller like looks around the room and. It's almost as if they're noticing like the bare patches on the walls for themselves for the first time. I don't know. I'm not sure what used to be there. How how long have you lived here? Maybe a decade? I think Briss is studying Tiller as well at this point. Can I just see if see if I can read something in this reaction? Yeah, of are they are they being honest? Uh, do, do you want to roll? I'll go on then. <laughs> I was hoping for a freebie, but all right. I admire your optimism, Steve. Um, I think I think at this point, Briss is feeling powerful. Like she's got something over Tiller, and is just sort of almost kind of flexing that knowledge and just deliberately making them feel awkward in order to get some answers. Oh, Steve. Well, it doesn't matter. I rolled a five, so <laughs> I get nothing. I mean, th- this is also an opportunity for people to assist. I got nothing on Briss. Does anyone else? I mean, I've got three. You could spend two. Yeah, Chala, Chala will spend the two bonds to help Briss. Okay, um, so you mark them gone and you spend bonds one for one to uh, give someone plus one on a roll. So that is a seven. Which on reader person means you get to hold one and you can spend hold one for one to ask, are they telling the truth? What are they feeling right now? What are their intentions? What do they want from me? And what tribute could I offer to get them to blank? It's, it's got to be the telling the truth thing. Yeah. Um, and which bit is this around? Like, do they whether they know what's going on? Yeah. I, there's, there's something being hidden. I, I think my feeling is that They've lost somebody and they're trying to forget about it. Or if they haven't uh, actually been here that long and have moved in to somewhere that they don't belong, perhaps. The thing that you pick up is they're not exactly lying to you. It's that they don't really know the truth themselves. Like, you you said that thing about whether they're trying to forget someone. And the truth is that they... Not that they're trying to forget someone, but that they have... Those memories of that other person have been completely taken from them. I think... So, uh, uh, just a sort of clarification. Because Charla helped, is she getting the same impression? Like, is this sort of Briss and Charla kind of share a knowing glance? 
or like a, a, a glance at each other and realize that they're both kind of picking up on the same vibes here. Yeah, I guess so. And if you want, you can also have the moment where Tiller's not in the room, if that's a thing that you want, or you can go straight into like doing something with the information. It's your choice. I'm not really sure what Briss knows, whether Briss knows what to do with this information, or if she wants to do anything at all with it. I mean, you've got two people in the room that are probably heavily qualified to know this information. Oh yeah, that's a, that's that's cool. Um, okay, so I guess as soon as they leave, um, Briss is gonna explain what she found in the overgrown the overgrown building, and just say, "I think, I think they've lost somebody, and I think they've forgotten." That's that's kind of sad, right? People deal with grief in strange ways, Briss. Sometimes it's not on us to judge, but like. What if what if they're not dealing with it? What if it, it's been taken away from them? Surely they should they've got a right to that grief. How do you not know they didn't willingly give it up? There's plenty of people in this world that would ask for the difficult parts of their soul to be removed. Uh, I think Briss turns to Venz and says it's not it's only recently that that we've met remnants that do harm to people. I guess I'd heard of them before, but Dasharu was always so benevolent, I guess? Now there are remnants that take from people. What if that's what this is? I can't remember whether we ever had the conversation about, like, who the monks were. I think all we established was that they collect memories, so to speak. Yeah, so that's what I'm getting at, like, I think this seems like a thing that the monks would have done. Whether that is for the remnant or like like separate, I guess none of you know. I think basically what I'm what I'm getting at here is that Briss is suspicious that these memories have been taken without um without their consent. I think she says to to well everyone or m- maybe just mutters to herself, I don't want to lose Aya or Isin. And if that happens, I'm 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 not sticking around, okay? If 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 I start if I start forgetting, we're leaving. How would you know when you start forgetting? It's just about to say that. <laughs> Until such a time that we know what caused it, I don't think we're going to get much more information from Tiller. They don't remember. If anything, the monks at Eulogy will know more. Perhaps even Tiller visited the monks. Maybe. I don't like this place. I think Corin is also looking like scared at this conversation. He definitely seems like quite uncomfortable. Briss Briss goes quiet and just starts eating her omelette, and it's a good few minutes. Like it's not till she finishes the whole thing, in pretty much in silence, that she looks up and realizes Corin's been watching her the whole time, and she sort of pauses and says, "I, I um." <laughs> We're not. We're, we're not going to forget, okay? Parker is going to very quietly, while Briss is just stuffing her face with omelet and refusing to parent, get a bunch of string and feathers out of their cape, and kind of tangle them together, and then, when it's finished, walk over to Corin and hand it to him, and say like, pointing at certain bits of it. See this one? It's your mother. 
and this one is the village, and this one is you, and there you see how they're connected. This will remember for you, just in case. But I think we'll be fine, yes? I think he gives you, like, his typical, like, wide-eyed stare and, like, nods. Briss just got a mouthful of omelette and just always, yeah, what, what, what they said. And I think, like, Cohen is, like, getting tangled in it as, like, uh, as Tiller walks back in. They walk in and they stretch their arms and... How, how is everyone? Has everyone eaten enough? Yeah, uh, good, good eggs. Um, thanks. Good. I had a lot of help. Like looks at uh, Belka and Chala. Speaking of help, uh, does anyone want to help me get the rest of the animals into the barn? It it looks like it might be a cold night. Yes, Chala asked to do this earlier, so she's very excited. I think like as as you're putting your boots and like Parker back on, like Chala's like it just seems to have gotten cold around here all of a sudden. Oh no. <laughs> I don't even know enough to give Chala a pointed glance. I mean, I think uh, Venz's ears perk up. <laughs> <laughs> says, oh, well, it's it's been a while since I've herded some animals. Maybe I could be of some assistance. Belka's going to follow Chala and Venz to the door so they don't have to stay with Briss. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a very fair thing to do. How to make friends and influence. And I think Cohen also like dashes outside, like in a moment where Bruce seems distracted. <laughs> That's fair enough, really. I think as you're walking down towards the animals, uh, like Tiller pulls alongside Belka. He's like, You sound different to the rest of them. Where are you from? A good ear. Yes, I am much further north than Nanut. Whereabouts? Ertal. They, like, look at you, like, a little bit blank. And, like, shrug. Yes, many people do this. <laughs> Quite far. I get the same. I know the feeling. And where are you from, Tiller? Not from Eulogy. Atropa. Up in, uh, Irrevance. Ah, Irrevance. I have heard of this. Yeah? Yes. I know very little, but I have heard. It's it's not a bad sort of place, I guess. As long as you like trees. I think Belka's just going to nod a bit bemused. <laughs> I would have stayed there if it wasn't for... And then, like, Tiller just kind of stops mid-sentence and... What, what were we talking about? Places. And the past. Tiller, like, stops at this moment to, like, lean on the gateposts to the field, and it's like, I don't know about you, but as I get older, it just, the, the past just seems to just slip away from me, and then just starts opening the gate. I don't think it takes you long to round up the animals from the field. Um, they seem pretty much to expect that they need to go into the barn, although one or two try to protest and run away. There's enough of you there to kind of, like, block off their path. And yeah, after the animals are put away uh, for the night, I think Tiller leads you all inside and sets about finding you all a place to sleep. I think Tiller also like sleeps downstairs um, and unfolds that bed that bedroll and manages to find like a few blankets. Although I imagine most of you have also got your own, and it's kind of like a little bit cramped, but but you all have enough space to sleep. It beats a wagon anyway. 
Um, did anyone have anything to do before bedtime? <laughs> no, go to sleep, Tiller, so I can look around your house. I'd like to. I'd like to try and have a a couple of moments with Corin. Okay. If that's if that's possible. Sure. Just just basically kind of give him a sort of nod of the head to to come outside and have a little walk around the outskirts of the place. Maybe point out a couple of trees and. I think she she wants to say something, but she's having a really hard time actually figuring out what it is. Like she knows she should be saying or reassuring him something, but I'm not sure she's able to actually start that conversation. It's cold out here. Can we go back inside? Um yeah, I, I just I just um look, current I know your mother and I didn't really get on, but that doesn't that doesn't mean we didn't love each other, okay? Um, and I miss her too, you know. I haven't, I haven't forgotten about her, and 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 I'm, I'm not going to. And if you, if you ever want to talk, um, about about her, you can, okay? Just yeah, let's let, let's let's go inside. Um, yeah, I don't think Corin has a response to any of that. Uh, like I think, especially because of your role earlier, I think he just largely stays silent and just seems a little bit embarrassed, almost in in that way that like children bordering on teenagers can be. Oh yeah. When you get inside, like he he walks straight over to Chala to like chat to her a little bit or like to get ready uh, to sleep, but like casts you a look back as he walks over. Any any particular kind of look. <laughs> I think it's sort of like uncertainty. I, I I don't think your offer to talk is unwelcome. I think it's just he doesn't know what to do with it. I'm I'm not sure if Briss does either. <laughs> okay. Um. So Belka, you said that you wanted to look around the house. Yeah. When when till when everyone's asleep. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> jingle jangle. Jingle. <laughs> I uh, wrap my blanket around my whole head. Some stealth mode. So it's probably like a couple of hours into a night and everyone's gently snoring and breathing around you? Yep. Um, what did you want to investigate? Uh, the, the whole house. Like, what's through the door? No, I'm, I'm treating the whole house as an object. Oh, is this your new move? Which I think is valid. A house is an object when you think about it. It's <laughs> one complete entity. This but... is my new move, yeah. These objects hold stories? Is that what it's called? Something like that. Whenever you handle or examine something interesting, roll. And then find out stuff about it. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm going to handle the house. And, and, and what does that look like? <laughs> kind of silly, probably. Um, is it like one of those meaningful things where you just like lay a hand on the house? Or is it like more you going around and looking at things? No, I think it is laying... like. Both hands and forehead just kind of pressed into a wall and they, they kind of pull back from it and like their hands are empty, but they're holding them kind of as though they've got a cat's cradle going on and like moving their fingers around and then following some invisible thing sort of up back into the house and around the room. So how are you feeling as you do this? Peaceful, cool. I think. And it's nice and dark, everyone's asleep hopefully because otherwise i'm gonna look like a proper weirdo doing what i do best 
That is a four. Again. Oh, no. I'm very sorry. I still know absolutely nothing. No, I, I, I think this is the same as last time. I think, I think I've got a good idea of what happens here. Which is it, Briss again? No, I, th- I think you get to <laughs> probably. What question did you want to ask? I wanted what is its history. Okay, um, I think you get that. So, what does this look like to you as you get information? Is it like flashes of information? Is it? No, it's kind of the same way that Belka makes story nets, it, but seeing that in kind of a form around the objects, it's, it's strings of light that tie and move to other things and the way that they connect to other things and the way that they not kind of gives you an impression of the major events, I think. Okay. So first you see the start of this house. You see Tilla arriving here alongside another person whose name you learn to be Alison Brett, Tiller's partner. You see them both clearing the land around this area. You see them building the house that you're in at the minute. You see them building the other buildings, the workshop for Alison, the, the barn for the animals, the orchard at the back. You see them planting the seeds and saplings that will grow to bear fruit. You see Alison's days spent in, in the workshop, creating art both of the landscape around them and of their favourite subject, Tiller. You see them giving, on Tiller's birthday, a a statue, a bust of Tiller carved with fondness. You see also the moments of Alison's sickness. First, the minor attacks that make them pause, the, the coughing fits, the moments of fatigued limbs... And then later, the fainting, the days spent laid in bed, just trying to recover. And then over time, you see the sickness spread through their body and through the house. And eventually, you see the moment where Alison passes. And you see Tilla left on their own, gripped by the deepest sadness, reminded of Alison by every work of art in the house. You see them resolved to remove these memories any way they can. You see the moment they make the decision to go to the monks of eulogy. And you see the years beyond that. Five lonely years, five confused years. And the last thing you see, you see the monks from eulogy and you see soldiers wearing uniforms that you don't recognise, appearing monthly at first and then weekly trying to convince Tilla to forget more. And it is these soldiers who attract you to Tilla's house that knock on the door, right as you see this last moment. Well, fuck. <laughs>